Ladies and gentlemen, we have made it. We are inside of the Moss Mansion, and we have a special episode tonight. And this is Halloween night, and tonight's special, we're sitting here, we're telling ghost stories. Our personal encounters and just things we've heard about growing up or superstitions and things like that nature. Perfect space to do it in the Moss Mansion. Yeah, this place is incredible. Crazy. It's like a a different feeling you walk in here. It's like, without anybody here, it's like... I went downstairs by myself and I was creeped out though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they gave us give us the place to ourselves. That's, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. The only thing I don't like is this open opening. Right yeah, the curtains. Oh, dude, you're <laughs> the think about that the whole you're, time. Yeah, so I'm like, if anybody's getting it. grabbed, it's you. Yeah. Oh my god, don't say that. <laughs> so, what sort of creepy stuff happened in here? I like any stories. Well, I don't have a story specific to this room, other than. You know, this is where you decide, am I going back in to shut off those lights or am I just oh, going to leave them on? We've had voices come from the dining room um, before. Men's voices typically mm-hmm. is what we hear about going on in the dining room. Oh, wow. Uh, men's laughing or heavy men's footsteps. Yeah. Um, and we've had... Um, people, I guess I told you earlier that people don't usually see anything, but there have been, uh, there was a gal here for practice for a live radio play here a couple of years ago. And, um, she had her keyboard set up just inside the door there. And she felt like she came in here and saw a little girl run across that room. Oh, wow. Um, so, um, not a lot of visual stuff gets reported, but occasionally, um, there I don't have any stories about this room, though. Very rarely do we have. Um, well, that's one of the things too. It's like it's like one of the theories that I think we covered in one of our podcasts is like the room that's less active is usually where the ghosts or whatever hides out in. Right. Oh, so it's the quiet. Room. <clears throat> yeah. They're always they're gathering in the kitchen. Yeah. And then that makes sense. Yeah, they, Family yeah. should gather in the kitchen. Right, yeah. They gather in the kitchen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So that makes perfect sense. It does. It's like the dumbest thing to say. I used to live in the old Stockman Bar in downtown Hardin. Mm -hmm. And I lived down there, I don't know, it was about three years. And, um, oh man, where do you even start? Uh, Actually, I'll start at the very, very beginning when we first got to place, we went down there as a family and a couple of our friends and stuff went down there and, um, we were having a birthday party for my mom mm-hmm. and, um, while we were getting things ready and, and getting food picked up and stuff, my, my brother and some of his friends went upstairs of the place cause they had found a Ouija board in the place. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. But so they, uh, they went up there and they just disappeared and um, so the food got ready and everybody was ready to go. So I went upstairs to find them. My, my old man sent me up there. He said, go get your brother and his friends. So I go up there, and they're off in this little tiny dark room, no lights on. They had, like, some goofy little camping, camping liner thing that they were using. And I went up there. I went up way quiet and um, because I could hear them in there kind of real quiet, and I could yeah. see the glow from their lantern and stuff, so I went creeping in there. I just walked in and I kind of leaned up against the door frame and they were all locked on this Ouija board because it was working. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And so they didn't hear me coming. They didn't hear me breathing. They didn't nothing. And my brother, 
he was he was facing the doorway and he's sitting there and he's got his his uh his hands on it and then he kind of glances up like this here and he spots me and i see him smirk just a little bit mm. and i was like oh yeah so he he asked he says well if we asked would you show yourself and then he he moved it over to yes and then he was like then he looks up at me and screams and everybody turns to me as soon as everybody turns travis kills the lantern Uh and then so i go diving into the room (laughs) 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 and everybody was losing their mind and it was it was hilarious um, but Travis turns it on when, and everybody kind of calms down once they hear me and Travis laughing uh-huh. and, uh, Travis turns the lantern on and we get up and I was like, all right, food's ready guys. Let's go. You know? Yeah. And, uh, we all start getting up and getting ready to go. And Travis kind of hides this, uh, this Ouija board and he, uh, we all start moving and, and the place was kind of dilapidated. Yeah. Um, we had to do a bunch of work to the place when we got it, but the ceiling, it had kind of a hanging ceiling. And it had these old, I don't know, as old as that building was. It was probably asbestos. Um, <laughs> but it had these tiles, um, these ceiling tiles. And as we started to come out of that bedroom, um, they started coming down at us. And when when I say it, it wasn't like one here yeah. or one there, yeah. they like chased us out of the room. And oh, every, wow. Okay. Every tile that was on that ceiling when I went up there the next day was on the ground. They all came down. Jeez. And chase you guys out of the room. Huh? Yeah. That's crazy. So that that was the very beginning. And it was, I don't know, a couple of days, um, a couple of days later, me and Travis were kind of talking about it. I was like, well, what'd you guys get yeah. on that Ouija board? Because it was working. And I don't remember what all he had to say, but I do remember him saying, he said, well, he said, we asked how many entities were there. And um, it was like 12. Oh wow. wow! And then they they also asked if any of them were human or had ever been human, and it said no. Okay, let's start with your name, and then we'll go from there. I am Jeanette Rash, and I'm the curator here at the Moss Mansion. Oh, cool! So, how long yeah. have you been here? This is my seventh Halloween, and we count by Halloween here. That's strange. Oh, well, that's <laughs> what uh, Karina was telling us. I too. like that actually. That is pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> is there a reason you guys do that, or all of us came on around Halloween? Wow! Okay. Yeah. At different years, but this is about the time of year we end up hiring people, and so that's kind of cool. We all count by Halloween. Now, I I was telling Karina on last uh, our last interview that I was intrigued by this place because of the coverage that the Gazette had. Oh yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what brought that about? Well, you know, it's a big house, and a yeah. lady lived here by herself until she died, and so, as happens in many other places around. I think not just America, probably the world. Yeah. That sort of lends itself to, you know, creepy stories. I mean, yeah. even when Melville lived here, people thought the place was haunted or thought that she was scary. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because she was very passionate about this home and mm-hmm. she wanted to protect her home. She actually hated that it was called a mansion. Oh, um, wow. Little kids that would come trick-or-treating. Oh, already thought the house was haunted. So typically they'd come ring the bell and run. And once in a while she'd catch the kid that was gawking in the window or something. And um, usually if they were, had the guts to stay, she'd give them an apple or candy or whatever. She'd come to the door with a mask on. She had a great time at at Halloween. Um, But kids would do that a lot. And she had a story of young boys would come 
and ring the bell and run. And one of the one of the kids, they were looking in the window, and one of the boys looked in the front window by the big doors, and saw the cello. Yeah. She gave music lessons all the time. And he saw that cello and didn't realize that all his friends had run off. So Melville comes to the door and he's still standing there looking in the window. <laughs> and um, she gave him lessons. All right, that's, that's dark, man. <laughs> what? Okay, yeah. so yeah, this is like within the first month of us owning this place. So that kind of sets the tone <laughs> okay. for yeah. living there. Yeah, yeah. So then so you know, another six months later... Um, I ended up needing somewhere to go, and my dad, my old man, told me, "Well, if you help me remodel that upstairs apartment, mm-hmm. um, you can move into it, and and you'll pay me rent." I was like, "Okay." So I spent, I don't know, better part of a month re sheet rocking this whole place and getting ready to go get moved into the thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going, I was going up there before work and after work and stuff, and and. While I was um, going in there after work, because we would we would use the side side door of the place, and in the back of the place um, had been a restaurant, and there was um, like the order up window. Yeah, the cook would throw your plate up there and hit the bell. And when I was going in there by myself after work, um, there was just one fluorescent light hanging that would stay on right in front of the door, and that order up window was. 40 feet from the door or so. Yeah. But I was going in and out of there, and I got to notice one night I was going through, and I noticed it looked like there was somebody standing in there. And um, I thought it was a wino, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why I, went, I was like, hey. You know, I was yeah. getting all confrontational. I was going to go back there, and I was going to get somebody out of our building, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I start moving towards it, and whatever was standing there, it just real really slowly, real calmly and deliberately, um, turned to his right, took a few steps, took another right towards where the dish pit was, and, um, and I lost sight of it. So I went hauling ass into the kitchen, thinking this back door is going to be open or the window had been broken or anything. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't, and there was nobody in there. And that back door, um, they must have had problems with it in the past because the, black, the back door was all steel grating on the window and then to lock the thing was a drop bar that oh, went wow. all the way across yeah. that was a, was a steel pipe about that big around oh crazy so there, there's nobody coming through that back yeah door. right and i was like felt all of the hair on my neck start standing up <laughs> oh, I'm like, God, oh yeah. whoa okay cool <laughs> and so i just i just i just went upstairs and started started doing my thing you know and um we get moved in and i just i could almost bet money um when i would when i could would see him it was so often you'd see it and it was just like it was like, looked like a solid figure you know the shape of a man but you couldn't see a face um it was just like darker blackness yeah darker dark. shades of black yeah. yeah i mean there was there was some light that would come through that kitchen at night um through that window the street lights and like i don't it was weird but um, I never got any messed up vibes from it, no violence or danger or anything. So I ended up naming it the cook and it would, and cause I, I would, pu- <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I was standing in the kitchen, you know, and I was like, so well, that makes cook. sense when oh, you yeah. said that and, uh, yesterday. Like, <laughs> yeah. What the hell is he but talking it about? Was, um, I lived in that building for, was three years and it was every other night. 
you'd see him standing in there. Oh, that's creepy. Uh, that's way too often. <laughs> yeah, it was, dude, I'm telling you, it was wild in there. Um, and, like, because I had, uh, the Harley I had at the time, it was like a 1979 Ironhead Sportster, so I was constantly working on this mm-hmm. thing. And um, the cook, he would, he would stand there and watch me um, for as long as I was down there. And if I didn't, if I didn't make a move towards him or try to communicate with him, mm-hmm. he would stay there the entire time. Oh, weird. And as, as soon as um, I would acknowledge him or make a move towards him, every time the same movement, just real deliberate, real slow, he'd hook a right, take oh, another creepy. right, and he's gone. That is creepy. Yeah. And there was, like, I got used to it. I got to where it didn't bother me. And, that would um, bother me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I say, it was, it was every other night. You'd, yeah. you'd come walking in, and you'd look that direction, and you could see this figure standing there. I hope they're not calling us. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yeah, she would tell people, this is not a mansion. This is my home. Um, and people tried to take advantage of her and the house. And so with that, she became very protective. So, for example, I was reading through the oral histories, and there was a fellow that had taken music lessons from her as mm-hmm. a child. And he, as an adult, would come and visit her when he came back to Billings. Yeah. And one day he came to visit, and she was um, upset because earlier in that day she had been out in the garden and there were utility workers out back and they had asked her if they could come see the home. Yeah. And she said, no, I'm sorry, that's not okay. And later in the afternoon when she went to come in the house, she saw them walking out the back door. They had come in anyway. Oh, And weird. that sort of thing happened fairly wow. regularly, yeah. I think. And with the exception of her funeral, there were there have been 10 funerals in the home. And with the exception of hers, Every single one of them had funeral crashers at them. So, Interesting. yeah, there's been a, while she was alive, there was a lot of sort of disrespect for the home yeah. and the family as far as, you know, taking advantage of the space. And so she was a little crabby in her later years yeah. and she was very protective of her home and she wouldn't let very many people in. So, of course, this, these myths just built up about the home. That's kind of strange. Um, yeah. So. When, when was. So she passed away in November of 1984, at the beginning of November. Oh, of wow. So that's like, yeah. wow. Not very long ago. Yeah. And they're the only family that lived here. They built the home. It's, they started building in 1901 and completed in 1903. She lived here from the time she was seven years old. So she, she, she died in this place? Yes. She so, died right there. Wow. And then that, <laughs> shortly after that, that's when it became... Right. So her niece and her two sisters-in-law mm-hmm. um, came into possession of the home because they were the last living relatives. Mm-hmm. And they actually considered turning into a museum themselves, but there was a lot of restoration work that needed to be done. Yeah. And so they sold the building to Billings Preservation Society for $450,000. Wow. Um, and then when Billings Preservation Society got done paying for that, they actually donated it to the city and the state. So the city owns 35 percent of it and the state owns 65 percent of it mm-hmm. and bps leases the property from them oh, and okay. takes care of it takes care of it and runs the museum and yeah all that sort of with yeah. two offices and this is if you're coming from the back of the place there's two offices right here i mean we just saw someone walk by that door over there was it inside or outside um it looked like a shadow just went like creep by just now i looked at it and then i I wasn't sure and i looked at her and she's like 
Sure, it wasn't a car. Yeah, no, awesome. it wasn't a car. That was cl- that was close. That was a person. <laughs> oh, right. Usually, these people come in from the back, right? <laughs> this is getting real yeah. in here. <laughs> let's get creepy in here. All right, let's pack it up. Okay, let's, let's call it. That's, we that's got what we needed. We're done. <laughs> but no, um, this is what's going on right here, boys. You go filming over there. Yep. Um, I'll end with this one that was probably one of the more, um, as far as like I didn't see it. Um, but the, the gal I was dating at the time, I was, I was dead asleep and, um, I wake up to like really frantic shaking on my shoulder. I go, what? Just leave me alone. You know yeah. what I mean? And I wake up and the gal I was with at the time, she's in the fetal position sitting on her pillow with her back against the wall sobbing. And so I roll over and turn the light on. Yeah. I was like, what is your problem? Yeah. You know what I mean? She says, I need to leave. I need to leave. I need to leave. But I can't get off the bed. And um, she just she just kept saying that. I, I need to leave. Um, yeah. She says, but you're going to have to carry me. She says, I can't, so I, can't, like, I can't move. Almost like petrified. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, like paralyzed or something. And she wow. was like, and she had herself, you know, in a fetal, fetal position so tight that she was sitting on her pillow. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? And, you know what is your deal? Then I couldn't, that was all I could get out of her. I need to leave. I need to leave. Get me out of here. I need to leave. And, um, so I did, I got up and I put some shoes and a sweater on. It was kind of cold out and I picked her up and carried her out of there across our living room, down a flight of stairs through the back of the place and out of the side door. And she didn't put her feet on the ground until we were outside. Wow. And it wasn't, it was a couple days later. Um, cause she had me, um, take her to her parents' house and, uh, it was a couple of days later, I finally got her to tell me what it was that she saw. And she said, right, because um, the way our bedroom was, the door was past the foot of the bed and off to the left. Mm-hmm. And over here was our closet. Yeah. And right here was a dresser. Well, up in the corner um, above the door, there was something she she couldn't even describe it. She said it wasn't human. Whatever it was was not human, mm-hmm. and she said it was um, hanging on to the ceiling, kind of like like this here. Oh wow! With okay. with yeah. both arms, and it was up in the corner tight enough that its its neck was into the ceiling, like pressed up against the ceiling, and then had its feet pulled up underneath it into the wall. Um, and it was it was probably about a year after that before she would be in that place by herself i probably wouldn't even be in that place by <laughs> and um but like and as, as i woke up um as i've kind of got to moving around and stuff like i could just i could just feel just whatever that pressure was whatever that present what presence was um it was just like squeezing you yeah, and like, it felt heavy. Um, in that room. It was, yeah. it was, okay. yeah, and it was, it was more than heavy. Like I don't know, it's hard to describe. And I don't know, maybe it was my own panic or sympathy for whatever it was she was going through. Because I mean, just just her her behavior by itself yeah. um, was scary. Let alone a couple of days later finding out that there was something that wasn't even human that she could see. I couldn't see it, mm-hmm. and um, and like as I went through the as I went through the bedroom door. Um, from where she said the thing was, I had to pass right under it. And as I went through the door, um, I could feel her, her whole body just 
Titan. Yeah, the the whole thing, and it was like her like like I said, her behavior in itself was scary. Um, and then later finding out whatever it was, we had to pass under to get out of there. Ugh. Okay, that's, that's probably why she tightened up. <laughs> that is probably why she tightened up. Uh-huh. The place the place ended up getting tore down, and as far as I know, it got hauled out to where you guys work. That's probably one of the reasons why it's so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. It is. It is. It's, it's crazy up there. Like, I was trying to ignore it until literally. <laughs> What was that, yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. That was yesterday when that happened. Yeah. I could ignore it up until then. And I was like, all right, now that something is going on. I probably here. knew you were ignoring it. Probably. Right. Yeah, I got a random text message from Marcus yesterday saying, fuck this place. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the heck? I thought he was talking about him and uh, Juno's new house that they moved into. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, the scale house at the landfill. <laughs> it's messed up up here. Yeah, like that's, I was just talking to somebody about that today. Like, if you think that's whatever attachment it is, like maybe things that it was like attached to, mm-hmm. just gets hauled up there. Right, and they all went with just it, buried. Mm-hmm. And it's probably just yeah. I've, I've heard creepy stories from people that worked up there, seeing people up there when it's like dark as hell when you're working late. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what you said, like you have the 360 lights around your machinery, mm-hmm. and right on the edge of the light, they could see somebody standing <coughs> driving by. I've had that happen a lot when I'm like uh, in the compactor. Yeah. Like out of the corner of my eyes, I think I see somebody standing in the trash. So I'll I'll stop and like lower my blade or whatever and be mm-hmm. looking around to make sure I'm about to hit somebody. Because sometimes there is like cars that come up there and you don't notice them right away. Yeah. They're throwing their trash. And they're not smart. You know, they freaking will drive right, drive right behind you, you. Yep. without letting you know that they're there. But uh, a lot of times there's nobody there. And yeah. I've like definitely seen somebody. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. Especially when it's closed, when you have the gates closed and it's dark as hell out and all you can see is the edge of your lights and you see somebody standing on the edge of that light. Yeah, it's really bad in the wintertime, especially when it's like like overcast, real overcast out and you have your lights going and stuff like that. It it gets worse. Yeah. Hang on. No, no. There's I've, more. I've been through it, man. <laughs> I've already been through it. He was saying that our cousin should have been used to it because he grew up in this house, and our houses were, like, really close together. They were, like, almost 11 feet apart. <laughs> and I, there was one experience, there's one experience I had in my house, and this is how I learned that I had a birthmark on my back. And my mom had this big old mirror in the back of her bed, and I was jumping on her bed when I was a kid. And I was jumping back and forth, like facing the mirror, facing my back to the mirror, facing back. And as I was doing that, I just kept looking at myself. And I was—I just had trunks on. I come back to facing my the door away from the mirror, and then I come back to the mirror and I see my back. In the reflection. Yeah, and I, I looked—I looked at it long enough to realize I had a birthmark on the on my back, which I had no idea before. And then my mom's my mom comes home, and I keep trying to make this thing happen. I go to the bed and I'm I'm telling her that this happened, and I go to the bed and I keep jumping back and forth, and it would not happen. And she was a little creeped out, but right, like quit it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't like mirrors. I don't like mirrors. <laughs> like after seeing that video, like I showed him a video a long time ago, and it just creeped me out. After that, I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't like being around oh, that little Chinese girl. <laughs> yeah. 
because we were um i think i'm not sure if we told i told the story before or if i told you but um we were getting ready to go skateboarding Mm -hmm. and we were getting our you know getting our, our skateboards ready and we were the only ones in the house and i remember we were in his room we got everything ready and we walked outside but he forgot something you know he's like oh hold on i want to change something on my skateboard so we go back inside and i'm sitting there and as soon as he's you know working on his his uh, trucks on his skateboard mm-hmm. we hear a little girl's voice say okay mom i'm going to school and we heard a woman answer her she said okay just be careful you know and we hear you know the um when you've been in that house, mm-hmm. you can hear every footstep. You mm-hmm. can feel the vibrations in the ground, in the in the floor. Mm-hmm. We felt the ground move. We heard the front door open and slam. And on his deck, when you even when you're like walking really slow on that deck, you could feel the house kind of bounce. Yeah. We felt that it sounded like somebody was walking on that deck, and the whole room was kind of bouncing. And I just automatically, you know, I just turn towards the door. And I start running out. <laughs> I was scared. I was, I was young, man. Bye. Yeah. And I opened the door. And when I opened the door, I took, you know, a few steps outside. And I saw him right behind me. So I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. We know we're running. And we started running. We left, you know, everything. We left the door open, the skateboards and everything in his house. And we didn't stop running until we were at the Catholic Church. And that was all the way down his lane, <laughs> like a couple of blocks away. Just, and, I, just, I live here yeah. now. I live here and now. And I remember we were standing there, <laughs> and uh, we were, like, we were looking at each other, trying to catch our breath. And I remember, like, asking him, you heard that, right? And he, he could just nod his head. He was just nodding his head, and he started walking around, kind of trying to catch his breath. And, and we, didn't, we didn't go back to that house until his dad got home. And that was, it was late, man. We were just standing at that Catholic church, just sitting there trying to, like, basically comprehend what the hell just happened. Right. Yeah. And we, we finally got, like, right when his dad came back, we finally, you know, went over there and we kind of told him what happened. And uh, we walked in the same time he did. So once he opened it, you know, went inside, we uh, walked in and we started checking all the TVs and everything, and everything was off in there. You know, so he was trying to, like, think, oh, maybe it was a TV on. It's like, that doesn't, you know... That doesn't explain the door opening and closing. That doesn't explain the house bouncing from somebody walking. See, there was something in that house. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember telling uh, my sister, and, and she asked my dad about it. And he said, yeah. He said, um, you, know, they, you see a lot of things in that house. Even today, he hears stories from his dad, from Ben. Tell him, like, you know, you keep seeing a guy in there and is, you know, wandering around. Or you kind of look and you'll see him kind of just walk by a door, a doorway. And he said, yeah, he said, um, I guess somebody actually died in that house. So he, he thought that was him, what, who he's seeing. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, like, I was kind of curious as to why I was hearing a woman and, and a, a daughter. Girl, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, if, like, what I was trying to tell him, like, um, we were kind of talking about familiar spirits. Mm-hmm. They kind of, like, mimic people. I was thinking maybe that's what I heard. Maybe that's what we heard. It was just mimicking it something. It seemed like that whole, that whole place or in that area was just kind of creepy. Yeah. A lot of weird stuff happened that oh, place. Oh, yeah. I remember um, our sister seeing me. We we're sleeping on a, this bunk bed, and uh, I was on. We were on top, and she says she wakes up and she's creeped out because I'm sitting at the end of the bed, and I'm just smiling at her, and she gets creeped out. And, and you alone are creeping. Why, out. why is he? Why is he always the creepy thing in his story? I know. I know. It's, like, it's weird, stupid. And, um, anyway, she gets off the bed, and I think she's crying. She goes to my mom's room. 
and I'm laying next to my mom in her in her bedroom. So that wasn't even you. No. So you being here seven years, yes. have you had any of your own personal experiences? Like, so I've had a couple of things that were odd in the past. Yeah. But this summer we had heaters running twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been having major water problems. And um, we had a restoration company come in and they had set up three commercial size heaters in the house in the middle of summer. And there's not air conditioning in here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hot in here anyway in the summer, yeah. like unbearably hot in here in the summer. <laughs> and then to have three commercial size heaters also going made oh, it wow. that much more hot. Like I swear the second floor was hanging out. And that was running in the summertime? Yeah. From like March up until about month and a half ago, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I swear the second floor was like around 100 degrees, maybe a little hotter. Jeez. And and I don't know why. We even talked to Montana Paranormal Research Society. I was like, guys, so this thing happened this summer where everyone was reporting activity in the house. Like volunteers, visitors, Strange. way more than normal. Yeah. And I was like, and I swear it had to do with the heat because as soon as the heat got shut off, stop, people stopped reporting stuff happening. Interesting. Um. So I was actually here one night. I am frequently the last one here. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone had left at about 4.30 in the afternoon. And I leave usually around 5.30 or 6. Because yeah. I have to go get my kids. And so um, I've been in here by myself literally so many times over the years. Yeah. Late at night, early in the morning, middle of the day. I'm here by myself all the time. Um this is the first time I've experienced something that I legit was like, oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> uh, so everybody left about 4.30. At 5.30, I got ready to go. Well, like I said, I have kids and I had a crap ton of stuff here. I had stuff mm. up in my office on the third floor and I had stuff down in the kitchen, down in the basement. Yeah. And I decided I was going to like mom it out and like I was going to gather everything and just instead of taking two trips, just like haul it all <laughs> yeah. in one trip. So I get all my stuff from the third floor and I come walking down the hall with it and I hear people in the house. Like there's like conversation and laughter oh, and people weird. walking. Well, here's the thing. I've worked here for almost seven years and that thing has happened before where people leave a door unlocked or yeah, you know is. somebody takes a smoke break or whatever and a door gets unlocked and no one knows it and then random people end up in the house Ooh, sometimes those random people are just here because they think the house is cool and they want to see it yeah. and they're not paying attention yeah. and they're like but the door was open yeah. but sometimes <laughs> those people being where we are located in town are people who need help in some way yeah um who maybe are not the safest people to be around. And yeah. I've had that happen too, where I've had to calmly talk someone off of the property so that no one would get hurt. Oh, wow. So I'm walking down the stairs and I hear people in the house and they're walking. You can hear the floorboards creaking. Like you can hear them walking and talking and laughing. And I'm like, oh, great. Who left the door open? I was like, okay, so I'm going to haul my stuff down to the kitchen and drop it off and then I'll go find them. So I haul my stuff down. I can hear them walking and around in the house, get down to the kitchen, drop my stuff in there. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get my other stuff and then I'll deal with this. So I go to the basement. I get my stuff. I'm walking up. I can still hear them futzing around in here. Right. And I get to the kitchen and then I thought, you know, this is the first time this has happened when I've been alone in the house. Cause usually when someone else randomly shows up in the house, other people are here. So I'm like, if something happens, someone can call someone. Yeah. Um, and I decided that's probably 
not the safest thing when I'm alone at night to yeah. like go talk to people. So um, I was like, I'm just going to set the alarm and let the police deal with this. So I got all of my stuff together and I went and set the alarm and I closed the door and um, I walk away and I'm like, cause I'm like number seven on the call list for mm. when the alarm goes off. And I was like, <laughs> Jen is totally going to have to deal with this. Um, <laughs> and I get out to my car and I go home. Well, the next morning I came in and Jenna was here before I was and I went to her office and I said, hey, how'd it go with the alarm company last night? And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, didn't the alarm go off? And she was like, no. And I was like, but there were people in the house when I left. Oh, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the first time something happened where I went, huh. Okay, maybe. So you locked, locked it up. I locked it up. I set the alarm, and there's no way once the once the alarm is set, like if a door opens, if you move in any of these rooms, yeah. the alarm goes off. Oh wow! Yeah, like there's so very detectors yeah. all over. Like we've had it go off because there have been spiders in the room. Wow! So okay, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that it didn't go off. It didn't well, go off. It's my kind I of set alarm. The alarm. I have a spider alarm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Freaking hate spiders. <laughs> so no, that's the that's the first time something's happened. And we've had like this summer we had four different volunteers report the chair in the girls' room moving, which is really interesting because that room is I don't know if I've ever heard anyone report anything in that room yeah. ever. And I had we had four different volunteers over the course of the summer say I walked into the girls' room. No one was upstairs, and the rocking chair in there was rocking. And one kid even caught it on video. Wow, yeah. weird. <laughs> so, it was, but they turned off the heat, and now it's like you know chilled out again. So, did the Paranormal Research uh, Society have anything to say about the heat? No, they were a little confused by that too. They were like, "What? We don't know why that would why trigger, that something? Would trigger yeah. something like that." Seems you know because yeah. people talk about cold spots and things yeah. like that. They. I have no idea, but there was so much more reported activity this summer than there has ever been. That's kind of funny, too. Like, people are, like, drawn to the house. Right. Oh, totally. And having, like, um, coming in on funerals and things like that, and people are just, like, drawn to this place to just come in unannounced. Right. During a funeral. Yeah. I know. It's amazing. People got balls. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't. I can't imagine crashing someone's funeral. Yeah, <laughs> they literally made else. Melville's funeral um, invitation only because of that. Because wow. it was it was such a problem. And it happened all the time. Yeah, like all the time. That's crazy. That is. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, I don't want to hold you too long, so thank you so much for sitting down Absolutely. with us. <laughs>